Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Well, there we are, Sunday morning, so we talk brand communications for the next two hours. My name is Ashraf Gardner, and you are very much a part of the show. And you can engage on air by calling into 0891 is the SMS number. And if you're tweeting, it's at Ashraf Garda. Also use the hashtag media show if you're tweeting. There's a terrific lineup of things coming up. I'll talk to you about all that later on. But let's get to the issue that I think is, is, is agenda setting for the day, which is the issue of a logo. So I, I can almost go all the way to the end and, and ask yourself, you know, the importance of a logo, just how significant how important is it uh, and one may talk about it in terms of does it look nice is it the type of thing that that uh, if you give out a car people say oh, that's a lovely logo but for me the bottom line is are there examples where a logo in fact is directly attributable uh, attributable to to profit increasing of a company examples that you tell me i've got three guests uh, to talk us to all of this jeremy sampson has just walked in uh, executive chairman interbrand sampson de villiers i got that right jeremy morning yeah. ashraf yes okay. you did thank you good to be here thank you for your time <laughs> gary bright is the md of brand union south africa Great, gary good chatting to you as well once again good morning and uh, beyond burn is uh, the founder of media rocket beyond good to have you with us as right. well too Th- thank you thanks for having me let, let me start with you jeremy so you know you we often have chatted about logos and i know, I know you've done extensive work on logos goes and development over the years right so so how important in there are many components in terms of a company in terms of what they sell in terms of their product then in terms of the communications aspect there are many other aspects in terms of above the line below the line advertising blah 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 but the logo is it is it like a, a vanity or is it really that important it really is that important because it's the thing that cues things up you know it's it's the most basic form uh, of a mental um, tick to say this is who we are now, in the past, logos were designed often for just a small company or just a small area geographic. People like Procter & Gamble you know, have all sorts of things on their logo. And then people in other parts of the world said, hang on, it's evil, it's satanic, it's bad. Uh, and you know, this was something they hadn't thought of in those days. So this is where sometimes now more and more the logo has to be looked at, researched globally. It has to be registered globally because otherwise um, it's not yours to start with. And if you get it wrong, it can do you a lot of harm. And this is where I say culturally around the world, mm. certain logos are looked at sconce by people saying, we're not doing business with them. Uh, but what's the purpose of a logo? The logo is really um, the heads up. You can see a logo in what? A split second. And you know who it is. You know, if you're looking at Google, Google's very, very clever because just about every day the logo changes. But everyone knows the basic Google, the basic logo. And that in a split second tells you what logo... Google is and then you have all your recollections you know you think of the values what Google does for you that's the quick heads up that a logo gives you okay your, your thoughts on this uh, to start with beyond um, <clears throat> yeah I agree you, you know the, the logo is very much the looking glass through which a consumer sees what your brand is what your brand promises are what your brand value is uh, and I think you know the an effective logo really um, is transparent to that so it's it's a quick mark to say this is who we are this is what we do this is what kind of value are we passing on to the consumer what kind of value or what kind of trust do we want to establish with the consumer mm-hmm. off the bat so, so in fact it, it, it must communicate i mean is, is it fair to say gary that that logo can be seen as the clothing a person wears in terms of the clothing the company wears absolutely i mean it's essentially the opening line between you and the consumer it's mm. that first touch point 
And ultimately what we're trying to do out of that is create the mental shortcut for people to immediately create the associations that we want with your organization. And hence it's such a critical piece. So, so it is important. Why is it critical? You see, some may say, and, and leaving aside Jeremy's point about cultural issues, we'll mm-hmm. come back to that at the moment. Assuming you know that the logo is uniformly acceptable around the world, anywhere universally acceptable, why is it still that important? To, to is it is it vanity where it's nice to look at and people just are about it, or does it? Can you see a link between good logo and profitability? Yeah, I think it'll be very difficult to get the link between a, a logo and actual profitability and say that you've put something on the bottom line. Uh, but it's a start of consistency for me, and it's a start of that promise that you have to the customer. Uh, what you've then got to do is build everything else around your brand from that identity because it should embody everything that you stand for as an organization. Uh, and if it does that effectively, and you can line that up with what your offer is to the customer, you're going to realize bottom line profit. Okay, also, uh, I'm happy to get your thoughts uh, listening to this discussion, 891 So we're looking at A, in your opinion, and, and I mean, let's just get this right, we're not just talking about the big name companies like Google that was uh, mentioned earlier on. You could even reduce it to, to your local community business um, and your own company in terms of examples, how you found the logo actually made a difference or, or, or did not make a difference at all. Um, sometimes the messaging can be direct or mixed messaging, which is nice and provocative. Uh, thoughts on that one? 891 So examples of that I'm happy to take. You can also SMS me to 34701 and if you're tweeting, it's at Ashraf Ganda. So, so generally, uh, Jeremy, do, do you find that companies in South Africa, around the globe, do, do they get it right far more often than they get it wrong? Ashraf, a lot of South African companies still think South Africa. They haven't projected themselves globally. Um, you know, if you were to start in business yourself as Ashraf Garda, mm-hmm. how would you want to position yourself? You would go through a process, you know, depending what business you're in, what you want to do, how do you want to project yourself? We did some work for Stellenbosch Farmers Winery some years ago, where because they call themselves a winery in this mm-hmm. country, overseas a winery is seen as a farm as a small little family estate. So the wording was wrong. So we had to change the name and out of that came Distel. And then around that became a logo. So it depends how you want to position yourself and project yourself, um, you know, as Bjorn and Gary have said. But a lot of people see a logo as a trust mark. You know, how much are you going to trust that company to do mm. business with? How much are you going to trust their products to use? And this is where it's that Logo is the starting point. It's one of the many, many brand cues that people can use today. So, so what about it? If, if it's rather difficult, what, what about the opposite? It's like, don't have a logo. Am I, am I saying something rather outro- outrageous? Well, the minute you write your name, you've got a logo, you know. So, so you don't even have a choice. So you don't have a choice. The minute you have something, you, you've made a statement. That's a statement of the company, whatever. You can see a lot of South African companies, some of the mining houses projected against the other mining houses around the world, which they work with today, look very old-fashioned, very clunky, out of it. And this is where fashions change visually. Look at the pictures of yourself and your family 10, 20, 30 years ago. Look how things have changed. And that's where logos have to be often refreshed and kept relevant today for all of us but then you've got to be very careful that the change isn't too radical sometimes it should be but if it's too radical you use your what do you lose your trademark legislation around the world so this is where more and more we are challenged as designers to say well the logo can stay but how can we tweak it refresh it put things around it the color whatever to keep it relevant today with the consumer or the customer they have to resonate with all the time okay we're looking at examples of how in fact all three of 
of you guys are challenged, but let's just look at things about that work beyond your, your thoughts. Mm. You know, maybe throw ahead, a, a, throw forward maybe a couple of examples that we, that we are yeah. familiar with of, of really good logos currently in, in circulation and bad logos. Okay, well, I think a good one that probably ev everyone refers to at some point is Coca-Cola. You know, it's, it's one of the brands that has, I think it's 128 years old now. Mm -hmm. um, and f from dates of, from the first logo, from the first iteration of the logo, it has uh, it's kept its brand intact. You know, it's kept its trust with its audience. It's kept its tr trust with its market. If they have updated it, it's been very very slight updates. But they they haven't lost their identity. They haven't lost their branding. They haven't lost their trust with the consumer. Even though they've got hundreds of other brands below them, everyone knows who a Coca who Coca Cola. So, is. so that's one. Your your yeah. Gary, just just one good example. I think for me, FedEx. Uh, done a number of years ago mm -hmm. has got an amazing little visual trick in it which most people haven't seen and if you take a look at the negative space within the FedEx identity uh, it creates an arrow a forward moving arrow uh, which speaks exactly to what they're all about um, beautiful trick I, I remember actually we spoke about it but, but the problem with that is if they haven't seen it they haven't caught the trick Correct. Isn't that the problem? And I think that's part of it. But there's a bit <laughs> of an alert to that because when you do find out, it's so much more impressive than if they'd really and truly shown you where that arrow was. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, you? <laughs> I think something like Mercedes-Benz, you know, that goes back to about, I think it's 1912 or something like that, you know, and that is an abstract logo. Um, I think a lot of people want a logo, you know, we're talking about lettering such as Coca-Cola, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But then is there an abstract logo that Shell was designed and has gone through, I think, about six or seven iterations over a hundred years. But, but it's incredibly distinctive. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you don't have to put a name underneath it anymore. I think this is what the dream of a lot of people is to have an abstract logo because they say you see it in a split second and that's it. All, all these memories come back, as we said, the values. What okay, that so, so that's for. important. So clearly as, as we talk Mercedes-Benz people are listening say, yeah we know exactly I think even a kid will know exactly what it looks like and the same with Shell and, and, and maybe a couple others Nike as well comes to mind is, is that the ideal scenario so you'd have logo with n company name but at some stage when it works so well you can even drop the company name strategically at times and people will know no matter where you are that that's what it stands for I think for the most part yes but you've got to think now of the different uses of the logo. You know, we're being bombarded with logos all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where in a split second, otherwise we move on. You know, that, that logo has got to get into our psyche, into our brain, that we know exactly who it is. If you say some companies, you can't think of any logos. Think of some well-known companies. Perhaps if you think of Amazon, you think of the smile. But there are some companies like Microsoft. What exactly is their logo at the moment? And this is where they have issues. It, it doesn't grab me. You're mm -hmm. quite right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to add to that? Yeah, I think one one for me is 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 the fact that it's it's also not just about the logo. What are the number of identifiers that you've got for your brand that you consistently put out into the market? And I think as media channels pr proliferate, uh, you know, in the old days it was quite simple. You could just put a logo and you had five or six channels. Nowadays there's too many. And you've got to find a number of assets within your brand that can actually help identify it. Because I think what we've got to come back to is the, the idea of a corporate identity rather than just the logo. So you see a piece of black and white advertising in the financial services sector, mm -hmm. you're already thinking Alan Gray straight away uh, because they've created such a number of identifiers <laughs> for that brand. All right, I'll get, I'll get to Beyond in a minute. You, 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 you picked up your hand like this, this bright school kid in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wasn't a red or yellow card either. 
No, but Gary makes a good point. Now, in the past, you know, we've produced corporate identity manuals where on a television commercial, the logo must be at the end of the commercial for mm. three seconds type of thing. Well, that's absolutely static. Today, things move. Things are broken up. Things are, you know, animated. And this is where logos have to come to life and be brought alive. You know, one of the oldest examples is Channel, I think it was Channel 5 or Channel 4 in the UK, where you had all the bits and pieces coming together and there was the logo. But part of our challenge now is to make logos come to life, to resonate, to move around, and that sort of thing. And that's where it's not just a static thing anymore, it's living. So, so come to life, what does yeah. come to life mean? Well, I think, you know, uh, now more than ever, we de we're looking at so many different platforms for your logo to be presented on. You mm. know, it's not just... Uh, like 50 years back, for instance, where it was on a business card or in a magazine. You know, we're dealing with mobile apps. We're dealing with uh, websites. We uh, we work a lot with with mobile and and uh, websites. You know, when it comes to moving around, like like uh, Jeremy was saying, you know, that logo has to work across how many different platforms now. It has to work on an app. It has to work on how many different devices. It has to work on uh, appear properly on you know according to the orientation of your phone so if it's landscape it has to look good if it's portrait it has to it still has to keep itself intact you know um and then the 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 logo across a website for for instance um you know it has to work on different colors so uh what different colors are we working with uh, across across the internet mm. you know what kind of screens are, are there so there's lots of checks and balances there's, right there's which, which we'll come to in a minute just let me remind you if you're listening in uh, well don't get in late because we have great fun talking about the show there's lots of things coming up in the uh, the the ask africa brands the brand icons index coming up around 9 30 by the way and we're looking at first for women you know their logo i don't know you'll think about it we'll chat about their adverts coming up around 10 to 10. But for now, we're looking at logos, just how important are they, how important are they in terms of the brand communication of a company, how important are they in terms of the bottom line, in fact, when do they work, when don't they work, good logos, bad logos, um, and then who in fact designs those logos. 0891-104207, someone, there's some SMSs I'll read. I remember seeing a postcard uh, written in Cape Town in the style of Coca-Cola. I initially read Coca-Cola in the customer's brain logo equals company comes from Louise and th there's a couple more I think uh, Patty talking about uh, family coats of arms a logo as well. well in fact it is exactly for following what Jeremy said whether you like it or not every time you write down your name or anybody's name it's a logo good bad or ordinary anywhere now we've got three guests you've just heard the voice of Bjorn Byrne who's the founder of Media Rocket Jeremy Sampson with us as well who's the executive chairman of Interbrand Sampson de Villiers and Gary Bright is the MD of Brand Union South Africa Gary I want to go back to one of the early points that I made which is so if the logo is that important, is there evidence at all that a logo does propel profit? Yeah. Well, I think the, the example, the antithesis of that is Gap changed their logo and got a massive, massive outcry from the public who said, you've changed too much. Uh, you need to go back to the what, old version. What, what did they do? Just, just if you it, can remember. It was a fairly radical move uh, from the sort of square Gap logo um, with a serif font. They went into a sans serif uh, and a very tech-looking type identity and people felt very uncomfortable with where it had gone because it no longer carried the values that they felt the gap meant to them so something had really changed in that relationship that they had with their customers so you say that's an easier way to, to measure it not how much so profits are make how much they're so about to lose correct, by changing correct. after being established already what what happened to them after that did they, did they revert back they had to revert back within two days they were they were back to their old identity uh, <laughs> at huge huge cost and with, uh, massive within, reputation within damage. two days Jeremy examples that you may have 
Well, I'm laughing because you know professionals love to talk about these stories. <laughs> That's why we say deal with professionals. I think it was Tropicana or one of the orange juice packages as well that they relaunched. No, and they did extensive research. But again, the, the customer says, hang on, that's my brand. You're messing with my brand. You're changing it. How dare you? We want our brand back. And this is where, again, with I think it was I think it was Tropicana. Mm. I stand under correction. Mm. But they had to change everything back within a very short but time. But interesting you said the customer said that's my brand, which means the, the, the payer, ultimately, the consumer, decides whether that there's acceptability, not the people who debate it in the boardroom. Uh, we, we We second guess. We think we're okay. But they ultimately accept or reject. Yes, they do. And, and uh, I remember working with, with SA Breweries once. We, we did a range of, of 10 packs, the evolution from where they were. And you know, the, the brand manager came in and said, you've done 10 there. And he parted two of the bottles because we'd made up the labels and put them. He said, I want the four stages between those two bottles. Because often you make incremental changes that people don't notice. Or it's just such a minor thing, think fine, you're refreshing, you're modernizing, as I say, you're staying relevant. Um, some brands look a little bit old and past it, and that's where you have to refresh. But basically, the essence of that brand has to stay the same and just evolve very slowly. Every so often, and it doesn't happen too often, as Gary's saying, you make a radical change. Uh, and that's to almost save the brand because it's on death row. But other than that, incremental, very mm. small changes. Can, can you think of examples? Mm. Ra radical change? Um, I was actually going to br bring up work? the Gap because yeah. the interesting thing with, with the Gap logo, what they did was they, they actually put that logo out to their consumer. And they said, well, you guys come up with something and we'll have a, we'll have a look at what the consumer generates in terms of logo design. And there was actually a consumer-generated logo design, which is quite a drastic mistake, you, you know, because rather than taking that information as data and, and seeing what the, where the consumers are at, they took it and they completely rebranded it, losing all of the trust that they had with the previous iteration of the Gap logo. And like Gary said, within two days, mm. they had to change everything back to the brand yeah. that people yeah. trust, the brand that people know, you know, so the, the consumer, you, you, you got to take it over much broad, broader consumer demographic than just a few that have picked out a Indeed. few. Indeed, okay, Gary? I guess the other big example is BP, uh, moving to beyond petroleum from British petroleum uh, for a number of reasons, and really looking forward to the future to go, we've got to find a sustainable solution. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Unfortunately, they were then went and messed up the Gulf. And that then again, again, says how important this identity is as an identifier of what you stand for as an organization. Because they went and made a new promise to the customer, which they largely bought into, and then went and spilled all over the Gulf and didn't do a very good job of, of cleaning it up. And uh, there's again, I'm <laughs> quite right. sure a large, large issue now, to now the bottom line. I, I stand to be corrected, but I think all three of you guys are, are involved in, in, in the creation of logos. So there's, there's a self-interest here, I would think. What, what, what happens, Jeremy? Let, let's just say, if we've determined that it's important, right, uh, do, do companies then give it the attention it deserves? And I don't mean you guys. I'm talking about, you know, your clients. Do they... You know, I'm, I'm talking about smaller companies emerging where, where, where you know, costs are, are, are major issues when there's a lean startup. Do, do they give it the attention it deserves or is it like, really don't have the money for this? Look, b before the logo comes the name, you know, and, and the name is the cornerstone of the brand. Mm. Next, I would say, comes the logo and what it's going to stand for. Uh, and these are the things that are trademarkable. Uh, and, and as we're saying here, then you want to register all those points. It's not just the logo, you register all those points. But a lot of South African companies, you know, 10 years ago, we talk about South African brands becoming regional brands, becoming global brands. Mm. Now you can instantly become a global brand. 
know, you just go onto the web and there you are, you know, you're on stage. So this is where great attention has to be given to it. But you think of the, the average startup, often it's a small operation, not much money, scrambling around. And one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to have a word that is a generic term or have a generic term generally, and then to have a logo designed sort of no disrespect, but by your daughter or your wife or your mistress or even mm, worse. Mm, mm. Um, and because that is what then public is your public face. This is how you're projecting yourself. As I say, how you project yourself mm, um, is mm. very, very important. How we dress when we're on show. And this is what it comes down to. Is that a vanity thing? No. So, so what, what should they do if they don't have the money? Well, you can still talk to professionals and, and do deals in that way, but at least go to people who've had some sort of training, because after all, this is your future. You're hoping to make a bundle of money out of this and have a, have a career for life with this. So you better go to the professionals. And you know this is where you can negotiate, mm -hmm. you can discuss, and they can help you. Okay, interesting one, because Vusi Tepakayo made the point the other day on Twitter, there's no such thing as a small business. If you're gonna get into business, you've got to plan big, whether that finally happens or not is another story. Is, is, is that important beyond the point that Jeremy made about just, you know, looking beyond just the first day? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a problem that, that we face from time to time with small companies is that they, they come in with a limited budget and they start to skimp on the very face of their business, you know, which mm -hmm. completely degrades their brand uh, before they've even started. You know, so the most important aspect of of their business, which is their brand and how they're presenting themselves, what people, what their market is seeing of them, they're not paying attention to. It's uh, probably the most important part of starting up any new business is okay. establishing your brand. By the way, Wadim Schreiner tweeted about uh, a, a brand gone wrong in the UK. Maybe you guys could just check it out uh, just now. But Gary, just just talk to me about, about the point that Jeremy just alluded to very early on, that even if it's a good logo, uh, something that is culturally acceptable in South Africa may not be culturally acceptable in very topically Ukraine, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how does one then know that if you're a regionally based, not even national, but even provincial company or, or city based with designs on getting far bigger? Yeah, I think it's, there's no uh, silver bullet or complete answer to that one. I think you've got to do as much research as you can to understand any of the cultural sensitivities that may exist outside of your region. Uh, we make use of our global network to make sure that, that none of those things are there. Uh, but it'll cost you an awful lot of money to do that. So I think a lot of the time you're going to be taking a bit of a chance. Well, uh, but you will, you will put as, you know, again, it's, it's, it's really comes down to well your that, cost. That's the problem. So, somebody commenting, he says, the Vuyo restaurant, the young entrepreneur, is wearing the VW logo on their caps and, and uniforms. That's interesting. Yeah, Jerry, Jeremy, your thoughts again about, about that? You know, so if you even if you don't have designs of being global there's always a chance that maybe even one in a thousand companies may be global you don't know so how then do you prepare for that in advance well a, a professional can look at a row of logos without the wording underneath and you know you can make an assessment are they big small what industry sector are they in perhaps um, are they abstract what are they doing? Are they appealing to younger or older people and this is where you know most companies have to refresh. And it depends. If you're in fashion, it might be two or three years you have to refresh because fashions can change. Zara has a basic lettering set up, but then things around it will keep changing, the color palettes or whatever, depending on what's in fashion. But this is where you can change things. We were talking five minutes ago about things that go wrong. Now, one that's come to my mind as we've just been talking is EverReady Batteries. Mm -hmm. They changed their name to Berek for a short time, which, okay. which stood for who knows what and who cares. And again, they had to change back within six months to EverReady. So you've got to make sure you're working with professionals, you're staying relevant. 
you know, as brands, you talk about being relevant. Coca-Cola, 128 years old, but it's still relevant. It still appeals to young people, and it appeals to South Africans. The fact that it's based in Atlanta, Georgia, is irrelevant. You know, it's someone's brand all around the world. And this is the importance of marketing and branding and design. Okay, we'll talk about colors in a second. We've got about three minutes to go. Uh, Taglines linked to logos, your thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's a good support for a logo. It shouldn't be the, the crux of the logo. Um, you know, the, the brand should stand, stand on its own two feet and the, the tagline should be like Coca-Cola. If they do have a tagline, it'll be add joy to life or, or something like that. But the logo itself still stands strong without the need of a tagline. Mm -hmm. Gary? Hmm? I think the very interesting one that we picked up a little while ago was the new Sunlum brand. And they've attached this tagline of Wealthsmiths. Now there's a technical issue there. Uh, so just repeat it slower. Yeah, Wealthsmiths is the name. Wealthsmiths, like, like Wealthsmiths. Okay, correct. Right, yeah. They've attached it very closely to their new identity. They've used exactly the same font for the word mark as they have for the tagline, and it almost looks like they've got two logos. It's a very, it's a technically flawed piece of design, and I think when trying to position a brand, which they've <coughs> done, of I've taken really great care of your money, and we look after the, every single uh, little detail. They've now gone not and not paid attention to their identity and looked after some of the details there. Again, we've got an incongruity between what they're promising mm. and what their identity reflects. Okay, that's interesting. Jeremy, I mean, as you answer that, ultimately, do consumers really take it that seriously? What I'm saying is, if I come and do business with you, do I care whether you're wearing a tie that day or not? Because that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Well, some people do, you know, and this is I'm back to the cultural. Now, up in Nairobi three weeks ago, you, know, you go and do business there, you, you're wearing a tie most of the time. And this is where in different cultures, different things come to mind. You know, how important are logos, you're asking? Well, if you're a Malaysian airline today, would you be thinking about changing your logo? Is that enough? Is that purely cosmetics? Is that well, well answer that question, because many talked about complete rebrand of an airline, right? Well, when you think of the cost and the expense and what they would have to go through, you know, I, I have to say that I think Air Malaysia at the moment is an unlucky brand. And I don't say that, you know, crassly. You know that there are two kinds of luck. There's good and bad. And you can be in the wrong place. You talk a lot about sport, mm. unlucky players, you know, and then there are the lucky players who have someone like a forward in FIFA, you know, being served the ball and they can score the goals and they're the champion. And some people say that's good luck. But this is where all of us have to work around our luck. To change a logo is a very radical thing, very expensive, and this is where the multinationals, for the most part, don't change, because you know you have the instances like Gap, as we've heard, or BP. But this is where you work around it and you develop that brand based on that logo, and it's all the other things. Remember, you can register not just a logo and a name, but the colorway, the get-up, sometimes the shape of the bottles, the, the contour battle is uh, bottle is trademarked. And, and so you can go, <laughs> you've got the sounds and, and, and all of that when you have no money. I'm just trying to <laughs> think about that. All right. Just last thoughts, you guys, just in, in, in 20 mm. seconds. Final, Beyond? Uh, I think if, if anything, to, to smaller or medium businesses out there, um, make sure your brand is intact. If you want to get somewhere in, in business, get, get branded properly. Okay. And Gary? I think the ultimate thing there, it's, it's, it's a wonderful exercise to go through to actually understand what your business really stands for. And that's where the value comes into clients. They actually, for the first time, really start to think about who they are and what they want their company to represent. Yeah, well, it's interesting in terms of messaging. Let's leave it at that, guys. Fascinating. We'll probably have a chat on the entrepreneur slot that I do one of the days about the importance of a logo to that market. And talking about mixed messaging, but either way, yesterday I tweeted and said, well, I owe my, my start in broadcasting to uh, the throw of a dice. And it's amazing. Most people respond and say, so you're a gambler, aren't you? 
Uh, I'll give you the answer, what actually that really means, uh, right after the cricket, South Africa in a good position against Sri Lanka. Here's Natalie Jamanis.